What's up, everybody? It's Eddie Sanchez of The Bad Promoter coming at you on a Monday night. As always, the drink of the night is a gin and tonic. Yes, back to the OG stuff. Now, let's get into it. So this past weekend, we had uh, an interesting pay-per-view event with uh, Andy Ruiz and uh, Chris Ariola. Chris Ariola, you know, fan favorite, um, Mexican fighter, former Golden Boy fighter, uh, just big name, you know, people love him. He's a, he's a very likable guy. You know, he's 40 years old now, past his prime clearly. Um, but he proved to be a pretty tough opponent for Andy Ruiz. And this was an interesting fight because this was Andy Ruiz's first uh, fight in 16 months since his uh, knockout loss to uh, Anthony Joshua, which he admitted uh, he didn't really train for. He got a little caught up into the partying and the glamour of uh, being uh, the underdog victor uh, from that first fight. But uh, since then, you know, he put in a lot of work, lost uh, over 30 pounds, um, and honestly, he looked, he looked pretty good, uh, physically. Um, he gave us a little trouble, you know, in the second round, uh, with that knockdown and, uh, you know, he, for the next, like I would say, um, round and a half, uh, it was a really close fight and, uh, honestly he wasn't that impressive, but, you know, he righted his, he righted the ship and uh, he ended up winning the fight. Uh, a lot of people were, uh, Disappointed in the scorecards, uh, most notably uh, Ariola, of course. Um, essentially, uh, besides the the round that Andrew Ruiz was knocked down, and then the following round, uh, the judges scored every other round for Andrew Ruiz Jr. So uh, I mean, say what you want, whatever. Um, the guy who was supposed to win ended up winning the fight. It was it gave it gave us some excitement that uh, I feel like a lot of people didn't really expect, but. Uh, it was good nonetheless. Now, there are questions about where he fits in uh, with, the, with the top of the heavyweight division, uh, just given that uh, you know he, he didn't put the most impressive outing out there. But, I mean, if we're being honest, because he gave us uh, those question marks, we have a guy who's in the same stable, uh, PBC, uh, Deontay Wilder, who says he, he's not ready to retire. He's going to keep fighting. He's going to earn his way back. And, um, yeah, I think that would be a really nice fight. Honestly, like, I think it would be the perfect fight. Uh, Andrew Ruiz Jr., um, he's still, he's still, uh, working himself back into the, into the feel of being in the ring. Um, I know, uh, seeing someone lose, like, a lot of weight and getting in the best shape of their life should be something that, uh, you know, is easily looked at as a benefit, but, Given that he lost so much weight, um, it's it's a little it's going to be a little hard for him to uh, you know really know his own body and uh, know his conditioning, know his full strength, uh, know his proper movement. He's not used to that, and uh, losing that much weight, uh, you know, uh, I mean I don't know from experience, but based on what I've seen from other professional fighters or just uh, people out in the real world, just uh, from what I've what I've heard. Um, you lose that much weight and just your uh, endurance and uh, natural stamina just get hit a little bit just because uh, you know you're, you're you used a lot of your uh, you use a lot of your energy and strength to get down to that weight and uh, oftentimes uh, I mean not necessarily for him because you know he's a professional he probably has um, a diet team and uh, you know he has some top 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 trainers uh, he's working with Canelo's team but for the most part um, it it can't be something that is just easily uh, tossed to the side. So, 
that's something you got to keep in the back of your mind. And Deontay Wilder, we've gone on and on and on about him. Uh, no opponent in sight. Radio silent in terms of his return. Likely we're going to get a pretty easy matchup, but if he's willing to step into the Wolves and uh, just go for it, I think uh, Deontay Wilder would be a perfect fight. Um, if Wilder proves uh, he still is who he is and still is who he says he is, then all the power to him. Beating someone like Andrew Ruiz, former champion, uh, puts him right back into the title mix. Uh, he can You can build off that name and marketability, and he's right there. Like, he never left. Uh, if he ends up losing that fight, likewise, the same thing would be for Andrew Ruiz Jr. Beat a former long, long-standing champion, second fight after losing all his weight and losing that fight to Anthony Joshua. Proved he can beat someone with, with strength. Uh, yeah, there's just... Uh, you, can, you can go either way with that storyline. So I think that's, like, a perfect matchup. We're likely not going to see it, though, just, just the way PBC operates in general. Uh... It seems like uh, they're more risk-averse with their stars. They're trying to make as much money as possible, and they're not willing to easily uh, sacrifice, if you will, um, someone who's a big moneymaker. So we probably won't see that. In terms of other options, uh, it's rumored that Luis Ortiz is someone that intrigues Andrew Ruiz and his team. Of course, he's fought he's fought twice against uh, Deontay Wilder. He actually gave Wilder a pretty good run for his money in the first bout. Um, until Wilder flattened him in the 10th round. And then the 7th bout, uh, you know, he showcases boxing skills a little bit. Uh, Wilder's power is just a little too much, and then finish him in the 7th round. Luis Ortiz is older as well. He's um, 40 years old, similar to Areola. So uh, that's going to be something that at least Andrew Ruiz Jr. and his team, uh, they're going to look and be like, okay, like, that's something we could work with. Uh, yeah, he, he's very talented and skilled, but his speed isn't what it used to be. His power, you know, his power is not going to go anywhere with age, but just given the speed and stamina, like, decrease, uh, you can look at that and be like, okay, Andrew Ruiz, you got this, you got this. Um, so I think that would be another good fight. I mean, Luis Ortiz is top-notch in terms of his um, talent and ability, so that would be a really nice fight. And uh, I just want to get things moving a little longer with the heavyweight division, uh, Cause I mean, there's there's some good stuff going. There's some good stuff out there, you know. Uh, Joseph Parker and uh, Derek Chisora also fought this past weekend, and Derek, Derek Joseph Parker. I'm sorry, he won that fight, and uh, you know uh, he's he's continuing to notch some victories. You know, um, he kind of uh, lost a lot of uh, appeal after losing uh, the Joshua fight, um, you know, a couple years ago, but. You know, a fight like this, that was pretty nice. Chisora has a nice fan base, especially for uh, those British uh, fans. And he proved that he's still on that level. I think a nice fight would be him and Dillian White. Dillian White, of course, as we saw, um, what about about a month ago, he uh, completely flattened uh, Alexander Povetkin, um, which was nice because Povetkin uh, had the surprise victory when he knocked him out in the first fight. Um, this was an immediate rematch, less than... Uh, two and a half months later, so that was that was a nice showcase. Um, both Joseph Parker and Dillian White have two losses. Like, that would be that'd be a really nice fight. They fought before. Dillian White won that first one. And, uh, yeah, man, I think that would be, I think that would be a really, really nice fight. Only issue is that Dillian White, he's the guy that uh, Eddie Hearn has kind of 
I don't, I don't, I don't want to blame him for lack of activity because he was the number one contender for the WBC for the longest, longest, longest time, and usually uh, that number one contender spot will get you a title shot. But WBC operates a little differently with their stars, and Deontay Wilder was going after specific fights. Um, clearly, it was uh, known within the boxing industry that everyone kind of was pushing for the eventual and what seemed like it would be inevitable. Wilder versus uh, Joshua fight. Of course, that didn't happen. Um, we saw what happened with uh, Wilder and Tyson Fury. We saw what happened with Joshua and Ruiz. And uh, now both men are at where they're at. And uh, we missed out on that opportunity at the time. Um, Dillian Waite can continue to... Dillian White, I mean. <laughs> might as well call him Dillian Waite because he can continue to wait if he wants. But, I mean, as we all know, Alexander Usyk, he's he's going to get that next title shot um, against whoever wins this uh Hopefully, undisputed title fight. Uh, Usyk, uh, he's he's taking money to step aside because he is also a number one contender for the WBO, and um, you know I have mixed feelings about that. Like I understand, and uh, you know he was a former um, undisputed cruiserweight champion, moved up to the heavyweight division. He wants to really step up there and prove um, who he is as a as a contender and as a hopeful champion. So I get that. I really do. But, uh, you know, you're kind of holding a lot of people hostage when you play these waiting games. And I I can't put too much blame on him because a lot of it is due to uh, Fury and Joshua fight not having been signed, not having happened yet. So I can't put too much blame on Usyk. But the next thing you know, like, okay, let's say Fury-Joshua hopefully happens, what, August at the earliest of this year? Okay, so Usyk would be, what, December at the earliest? That's that's already, like, 2022 is about to start. Dillian White's still waiting, probably not fighting anyone. Maybe fought someone a little easy. Joseph Parker probably doing the same thing. Um, he, he wouldn't do the same thing in terms of sitting completely, but, of course, he wants to stay in that, in that queue. And when you have everyone stuck in a queue when no one's fighting each other, this is the problem you get. This is the problem you don't really have with the UFC, of course. We, um, we've gone on and on and on about why that is, but... When you have a division as deep as the heavyweight division is at the current moment and it's as competitive or should be as competitive um, as, what, in the past 10, 15 years, man. So, um, yeah, it's a little disappointing. I know I alluded to it a little bit, but the Fury-Joshua nonsense, man, it's really getting frustrating at this point. Uh, It seems like every, I don't know, a couple days or so we get... Uh, a little article now and then being like, oh, we're like, have the deal like agreed to. Oh, no, we have it verbally agreed to. We have it pretty much signed. Not really, but it's 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 right there. Uh, we have a, a, you know, money coming in from Saudi Arabia to potentially host the fight. Oh, we have two other venues lined up just in case. And then you, every other day in between, you have someone like a Bob Arum saying, oh, I don't know if this is going to happen. Uh, Everything that Eddie Hearn and his side is saying isn't true. Um, There's just so much mixed uh, signals out there, and it's completely frustrating, man. Because I just want to see this fight. And if it's not going to happen, fine. Just announce that. We'll have Fury fight Dillian White. We'll have Joshua fight Usyk. And we'll move on and go from there. But just holding the division hostage like this, when you have all these capable guys and you have a fight like Fury and Joshua, which would make boatloads of money, man, like boatloads, it would be it would actually be insane. Honestly, uh, I think 
the pay-per-view um, numbers in the UK could potentially rival uh, the largest fights in, in America. Like, which is crazy when you think about population size. But that's how big those guys are. That's how big and popular those guys are. So it's so fucking frustrating that this fight hasn't happened yet. Hasn't even been signed. I mean, boxing is a sport where once you get a fight signed, it's going to take months for the buildup. It's going to take months for training. Um, God forbid something happens with, say, COVID or an injury, and then you're, sh- you're shut down for a few more months after that. Nothing's guaranteed, you know, in, in life, as they say. And nothing for sure... For damn sure, nothing's guaranteed within this sport. So the more they play cat and mouse with us, with us fans, and uh, the more they, you know, sit these guys who are of the most elite fighters in the world, sit them on the bench, essentially, and just, uh, you know, not doing right by them, not doing right by their promoters, not doing right by their fans, not doing right by their families. It's fucking frustrating, man. Because then you, you get the whole mess that I just outlined. Fury and Joshua, okay, they're sitting down waiting. Usyk is sitting down waiting. Probably going to fight Joe Joyce. Okay, fine. Nice fight. Whatever. Um, Usyk can, you know, prove he belongs there. Because, I mean, he hasn't really fought the best competition in the heavyweight division. But, okay, at best he gets that fight. Probably going to sit and wait as for as long as possible until something gets officially signed. Because, of course, he's not going to sign that fight until he sees what happens with Fury and Joshua. Because if he doesn't have to sit, he doesn't have to take that step aside money, he'll get paid much more getting that fight with Joshua straight up. So he's sitting on the sidelines waiting. Dillian White, now that he went through his two fights with Povetkin, which originally was just supposed to be one until he got upset, he's probably going to sit aside and wait. Joseph Parker just fought, so he's... I don't want to say going to sit inside and wait, but he's going to do the natural scheduling move where he is he is essentially sitting down, but not necessarily due to just waiting, but just due to recovery, just due to uh, get back in the flow of things with his body and, you know, rest up a bit. So that's like the, the oh, and then, of course, Andrew Ruiz and Deontay Wilder. Who knows what's going to happen next with those guys, especially Wilder. So, I mean, the whole top of this division is a fucking mess. And, uh... It's so frustrating because Fury, Joshua, that's supposed to be one of the biggest fights of the year. It's so disappointing when you see fights like these just not happen when they're supposed to. Um, There was so much hope going into this year with Fury and Joshua and, of course, a fight like Spence Crawford, um, who is also radio silent. Uh, We haven't really heard much news about much... uh, I don't know. We've heard like you know rumblings here and there, but nothing concrete. Um, we've heard the rumors about hey, yeah, Manny Pacquiao versus uh, Terence Crawford. We heard uh, the rumors that Ugas and uh, Spencer are probably going to fight because Ugas has uh, Manny Pacquiao's belt due to inactivity. And nope, nothing signed, sealed, and delivered. We're sitting on the sidelines waiting to see what happens. Super frustrating. Those are two of the biggest fights that you can have within the sport, and they're just not happening. Um, I think that's why, well, I don't want to say that's why, but it's another reason why I love Canelo so much. I mean, he's talking about, okay, like, he's literally days away from fighting Billy Joe Saunders. He, we already know that next fight's going to be Caleb Plant, and uh, he, he's actually mentioned that he would be willing to face Jamal Charlo and uh, David Benavidez next year because uh, at that point he'd be undisputed, and just like I predicted, um, well, I mean, it hasn't happened yet, so I don't want to, you know, to my own horn too much. But as I'm predicting, uh, once he's undisputed, he could do whatever he wants. 
If the sanctioning bodies want to play hardball with him, he'll vacate a belt here and there, and he's just going to fight whoever the fuck he wants. And at that point, I think uh, Jamal Charlo and David Benavidez will be two fights that he's not going to turn down. He's built a really good relationship with Eddie Hearn and a really good relationship with, uh, you know, DeZone at this point following the Oscar De La Hoya breakup. And uh, I think after this year, he's going to move back to the pay-per-view market and fight uh, Benavidez um, in May and then Charlo in September. Um, I think uh, Charlo will probably move up and get one fight at 168 just to get comfortable in the weight, while Benavidez uh, will be itching just to get that fight because, you know, he's built different like that, you know. Um, he do- He's done some things that have hurt his career um, in terms of not being able to get the fights that he potentially should have gotten. But, uh, you know, you move on and you go from there. Uh, I think those two fights are going to happen. And uh, if I'm, this is pure speculation, but I've heard a lot of rumors that Caleb Plant uh, and Canelo Alvarez fight, that might be on DAZN. Um, of course, uh, Caleb Plant is a PBC guy. Um, if I'm going to read, if I'm going to be a little bit irresponsible, read into the tea leaves uh, a little too much, and, um, you know, put two and two put together and make five. Um, okay, we have the rumors that Canelo Alvarez is saying, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to fight Benavidez, I'm willing to fight Charlo, okay? Um, you also have rumors that, oh yeah, Caleb Plant fight, yeah, yeah, that might be on his own, despite, you know, being a PBC guy. Now, a scenario I could see happening is, uh, essentially, Al Heyman working with, uh, Canelo Alvarez's team on the side, being like, look, like, we know you have uh, a good relationship with zone. We'll let you get that Caleb Plant fight over there. We'll let you get that undisputed belt on DAZN. Um, you know, win that belt. We're not going to... Once once it go, once that fight gets assigned, sealed, and delivered, goes up to a purse bid, we're not going to get in the way of the fight. We'll be content with making uh, just a cut of the money. You know, like a typical fight would be um, if you have uh, two networks uh, working, quote-unquote, together. I think the, they'll tell Canelo's team, look, we'll let that happen. No, no, no strings attached. It'll be good. But when the time comes, just remember that we made it easy for you. We made Caleb Plant, essentially. We made him make it easy for you as well. DeZone's going to get that undisputed fight. And then at that point... You can do whatever you want. Come over here and come fight on uh, Fox, Showtime, um, under PBC. You know, just give us a little two-fight deal. Fight Benavidez, fight Charlo. You know, have some super fights on pay-per-view. Make a ton of money for everyone involved and uh, go from there. Now, I know that's completely irresponsible. Um, Literally just a theory of mine, just based on the rumors I've heard and, uh, you know, it's kind of like, uh, you know, you're doing an audit and uh, you get the paperwork, you keep looking at everything, and you know, okay, like, what's the story here? What's the story I can sell? Um, I essentially don't have everything I need at the moment, but I have some stuff I can work with. You put them together and you're like, okay, like, this, uh, you know, that could, be, that could be a reason why person A does thing Y. And this could be another thing why person B would be okay with thing X. Put them together, you have a little story there. So that's just, that's just what I think um, could happen. It's likely that it won't, and uh, it's likely that Canelo will have to fight on a pay-per-view against Caleb Plant. Uh, 
but uh, we'll we'll see, man. We'll see. Um, I don't want to get too ahead of myself, just because like we have that fight coming up in a couple days. I'm excited. Now, Billy Joe Saunders, he's been in the news a lot, complaining about the ring size, complaining about the judges. He's complaining about his countrymen not backing him. And uh, look, man, <laughs> you're fighting the number one pound-for-pound fighter in the world. You're fighting uh, essentially in his own backyard. Um, you're going to have a full-capacity crowd with uh, fans from, you know, overseas not going to be in that not that won't be able to attend it's it's going to be a full house and canelo's that guy he's gonna i i fully predict he's gonna win that fight um hearing the complaints are a little annoying i'm not gonna lie but whatever as long as it happens everything's cool i'm all cool with it um now canelo was saying that uh he thinks early on he's gonna have to be a little patient because billy joe saunders likes to move a lot likes to jab um He's not going to be someone to come press forward. He's going to be more of a backpedal boxer. Um, if Canelo moves forward too much, he's going to just try to jab and move, jab and move, jab and move. Canelo, of course, is, I think, a, a much better boxer technically. And, uh, okay, yeah. Box a boxer who's better than you, who actually has a good fucking punch. Good luck. We'll see what happens. Uh, Canelo even predicted that he'll do those things and kind of... Uh, go back a little bit but then uh, as the rounds keep going as we've seen uh, Billy Joe Saunders tire tire in the later rounds he'll come forward to be more aggressive and uh, potentially get a knockout that's what he's going to shoot for so we'll see man we'll see it's going to be a really nice fight I'm, I'm extremely excited um, I love fight weeks like this and uh, I'm ready to see Canelo in that ring I love that guy now uh Let's let's go over to the UFC for a little bit. Kamaru Usman, he made some news. Uh, you know, there's some rumors that he wants to return in June, actually, on UFC 263. Of course, UFC 263, that's going to be the card with Israel Adesanya and Marvin Vittori. Um, it's also going to be the card with uh, Figueroa and Moreno, too. Excellent fight. That fight was one of the best I've seen um, in in some time, and that's saying a lot for the UFC. They put good fights literally every week. But last year, when they, when those two fought, that, that was an amazing fight. So I can't wait to see that second one. If Usman is able to get on UFC 263, man, that would be a sick card. You'd have Izzy, you know, coming back from a loss. There's going to be a lot of people checking in on that. Marvin Vittori building up his own uh, loyal fan base. Uh, Figueredo Moreno, of course, you know, potential fight of the year. You get Usman back on that card um, with that quick turnaround, man, that'd be awesome. Now, him and his team, I have uh, mentioned that Michael Chiesa, uh, the seventh-ranked fighter um, in the division, that's that's someone they're targeting at the moment. Now, I, I, I like Chiesa. That'd be, that'd be a cool fight, I guess, but I don't know. When I look at someone like a Wonderboy Thompson um, at his age, and uh, at his, where he's at in the rankings, um, given the fact that Usman's already defeated uh, Masvidal twice, obviously. Um, he defeated Burns before that. He defeated Covington, and uh, Covington's likely going to be that next fight like later in the year. Um, yo, I want to see that Wonderboy Thompson fight. Let's see it. Let's, let's get that done. Now, I understand the logic between uh, Michael Chiesa... Uh, I don't want to say it'll be easy, but it'll be a, 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 an easier fight than a Wonderboy Thompson. It'd be 
for sure. That's for damn sure. For Usman, yeah, it'd be easier to fight Michael Chiesa than it would be Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. So uh, he could ass- he essentially, I feel like him and his management, th- their thoughts are like, okay, we'll do a quick turnaround, a slightly easier fight. Someone who does have a a, a fan base, um, people love him, and then do another quick turnaround, assuming you're in good health, and then fight that big money fight with Colby Covington. I understand. That that makes sense to me. We'll see if it actually happens, though. I, I hope it does. It'd be a sick card. Um, but, yeah. Time will tell. Time will tell. Yeah, we have some good stuff out in the UFC, man. Some good fucking stuff. Great cards. Um, of course, this weekend was supposed to be uh, that TJ Dillashaw fight. That's frustrating. But, you know, we'll we'll get back to it. It's, it's all good. Um, we'll see that at some point. But uh, for now, we can just be appreciative for what we got. And what we got is Canelo Alvarez and Billy Joe Saunders. All right, everybody. That was it for the pod. Thanks for listening. And as always, keep up with us uh, at The Bad Promoter on Twitter and Instagram. And keep up, keep up with the writing at TheBadPromoter.com. Good night. <laughs>